You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. Well, hello, Clergy Chick listeners. It's good to be back after a couple of weeks on vacation with my family. This sermon is from July the 19th, 2020 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. The text is the entire chapter of Genesis 37, broken up into two parts. Good to be back with you today. And Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children because He was the son of his old age, and he had made for him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Once Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, listen to this dream that I dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field, and suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. And then your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to have dominion over us? So they hated him even more because of his dreams and his words. He had another dream and told it to his brothers, saying, Look, I've had another dream. The sun, the moon, and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What kind of dream is this that you have had? Shall we indeed come, I and your mother and your brothers, and bow to the ground before you? And so his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the matter in mind. Now Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the fields. The man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. The man said, Oh, they have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes the dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life, Reuben said to them. Shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he wore, 
and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels carrying gum, balm, and resin on their way to carry it down to Egypt. And then Judas said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. And when some Midianite traders came and passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit, sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. And when Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he, he tore his clothes. He returned to his brothers and said, the boy is gone, and where can I turn? And then they took Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in the blood. They had the long robe with sleeves taken to their father, and they said, This we have found. See now whether it is your son's robe or not. And he recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. A wild animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters sought to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. And thus his father bewailed him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Well, let me say, my church family, it is good to be home. And like I said early on, even though we are small in numbers, we are mighty in spirit, and it does my spirit good to see you. My vacation took me to Tennessee and to North Carolina, and when we weren't fishing or, um, or floating down a river or hiking, you might find me in front of a television enjoying my brand new obsession. You want to know what that is? Hamilton. Have any of you seen the live Broadway show or the Disney? Uh, yeah. Hamilton is my new obsession. And, and if you know anything about, uh, well, Broadway. I, I love Broadway shows. And I used to be able to go to a number of shows. And then I had children and that kind of stopped. What, what's up with that? But, um, but I've long wanted to go see Hamilton. I've heard it's a great show, and I wanted to see it, wanted to see it, never could see it. And then the Disney Channel released it on July the 3rd. They released it at 3 o'clock on the morning. I guess, I guess it was the morning of July the 3rd or July the 4th. Anyway, guess what time I watched it? 3 o'clock on the morning of July. I was very excited and couldn't sleep anyway. So, so I'm enjoying this Hamilton. It's a great show. My husband... Um, has watched it a few times with me. He tells me he's done for a while. And every time, well, the last time I, he, I made him watch it with me, after every number, I would look at him and say, that's my favorite song. That's the best song in the show. Because every song is inspired. Every song is simply genius. I love it. 
It's the story of Alexander Hamilton, of course, one of our fa founding fathers here in the United States. But it's, it's more than that. It's the story of the birth of the dream of a nation, a dream that would be hard fought in the American Revolution. But aren't most dreams worth dreaming hard fought? That's what we learn about Joseph in this story that we read together. Now, the dream that he had was a dream perhaps planted by God Almighty. And it was a dream, two dreams, in fact, that just didn't come easy. They were hard fought. Joseph, the most beloved of his father's many sons, and the sons were all jealous of Joseph because they knew he was daddy's favorite and they hated him for it. They hated him. They conspired to kill him, as we read in the scripture. They hated him so much that they threw him into a pit that he couldn't climb out of, a pit with no water and, and really no plan as to what to do with Joseph after that. But then they had an idea to profit off of, off of the evil that they conspired to do against Joseph. So when they saw some merchants coming by, they, they had this plan to, to sell their younger brother into slavery for 20 pieces of silver. Now, I have a brother. I have an older brother. We don't always see eye to eye, but he's never sold me into slavery. So that's something, I suppose. Can you imagine your brothers selling you into slavery? So they throw him into the pit, they get him out of the pit, they sell him into slavery, they take him, his new slave owners, take him to Egypt where he becomes a slave and lives as a slave for 13 years in Egypt. And it's hard to imagine what, what the bottom point of Joseph's life is until that point. Maybe it's, maybe it's when he was thrown into the pit, or maybe it's when he sold into slavery, or maybe it was when he found himself in the dungeon of a prison in Egypt, having been accused falsely of attempted rape. What, what was the bottom? It just seems to get worse and worse for Joseph, doesn't it? So when we think about Joseph's life, we think about the many challenges he faces, and let's face it, Joseph's life was, it was the pits, wasn't it? Thwarted dreams. And so later on in the, in the story, we find Joseph in this prison in Egypt, in, in the dungeon. And can you imagine him, the, the conversation he's having with himself? What an idiot was I. Those dreams are stupid, stupid, childish dreams. I never should have told my brothers. I never should have told my father about those dreams. They're stupid. What an idiot am I? See, his dreams were apparently thwarted. And there was no way that that dream of his brothers coming and bowing before him was ever going to happen. He's in a prison in a foreign country. Have you ever had dreams that you felt like were thwarted? Stopped, postponed, halted, whatever you want. Have you ever had dreams that were postponed? This year, 2020, I started with, with several dreams, several goals in mind. I was going to get back to my high school weight. <laughs> so much for that. I was going to write a very, very important book. <laughs> so much for that. I was going to have all kinds of people into my home. I was going to kind of up my hospitality game and welcome all kinds of people into my home. <laughs> so much for that. At the beginning of the year, 
I created this vision board. And in fact, the Chapel Chicks, uh, I led this exercise, and some of you may have created this vision board. And, and all the goals and all the dreams I had for 2020, it just seems kind of ridiculous now when I look back at it, just kind of like it doesn't matter anymore. Like they're never, ever going to happen. What about you? What dreams, what plans have been thwarted, halted, postponed because 2020? I know people who had their European vacations canceled. I know people who had their cruises canceled. Maybe worse than that, I know people who've lost their jobs. Maybe even worse than that, I I know people who've had significant health issues, including COVID. What about you? What's that dream that God planted in you that just seems to be on pause. You got it in your mind? I want you to think of something. When, when you think of something, give me a nod. You got it? You got it in your mind? That dream, that plan that's been halted at some point? All right. Hold on to that for a minute. Back to Joseph. We, we find Joseph later on in the story in this dungeon, in this prison in Egypt, in a foreign country. He's a slave, and worse than that, he's a prisoner. His plans have been thwarted. He is between the pit And the promise, isn't he? How is it ever going to turn around? How are these dreams that he had as a young man, how are they ever going to come to fruition? They're not. Or are they? In the words of one commentator, a dream deferred is not a dream denied. Because if you know the story, if you read further in the story, we find that Joseph, we never see Joseph dreaming again, but we see Joseph interpreting the dreams of others to great effect. He becomes quite well known as, as someone skilled at interpreting dreams. So when the Pharaoh of all of Egypt has a couple of dreams that no one can interpret, guess who they call on? This foreign slave who is in prison. Really? You're going to have me, my dreams interpreted by a Hebrew slave who's in prison? Okay, whatever. So they bring Joseph to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh begins to tell Joseph his dreams, and Joseph gives him a skillful and wise interpretation. So wise, so impressive was it that Pharaoh put him in second in command over all of Egypt, over the whole country. If Pharaoh was CEO, he made Joseph the COO. He was in charge of everything. Pharaoh was the figurehead. Joseph, Hebrew, foreign, slave, was in charge. So what happened was Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. Pharaoh's dreams were these uh, seven, the way he interpreted it, seven years of plenty and then seven years of severe famine. So Joseph gave Pharaoh this plan. During the seven years of plenty, we're going to store up, we're going to store up all of this grain. So when the seven years of famine comes, we're going to be able to eat. And it played out just as Joseph said. And Joseph was wise enough, he had all of this grain stored up, not only enough for Egypt, but for the surrounding area as well. And so guess who ends up? Being hungry and needing food and coming to Egypt by grain. But who? Joseph's brothers, and guess who they find themselves prostrate in front of, begging for food? Joseph. The dream has come true. Who would have thought it? 
Who would have thought this strange, crazy dream would ever come true in the bottom of an Egyptian prison? A dream deferred is not a dream denied. And at times when we feel like we're in the pits, we have to keep the dream alive. We have to keep hope that our dreams will come true. We've got to keep it alive. Viktor Frankl was a psychiatrist who found himself in a Nazi concentration camp during the Holocaust. Not only one, but I think several concentration camps. If you've never read, read Man's Search for Meaning, I really encourage you to read it. It's a powerful, powerful book. And what Frankl... Uh, observed as a victim, as a prisoner in the concentration camps in Germany, is he observed that those who would survive the horrific conditions in the concentration camp were those who would keep hope alive, those who could envision something on the other side of the terror they were experiencing on a daily basis. And once he got out of the concentration camps, he ended up writing this book and, and postulating this theory called Logo Theory, Basically, keeping hope alive is a way to survive. So if you want to survive 2020, guess what you got to do? you got to keep your hope alive. You see, your dream deferred is not a dream denied. And so maybe if you think they're just long gone, if you think your hopes and your dreams and your goals are, are something of a bygone era, let me encourage you to, to maybe pick up the pieces of your dreams. Maybe not to throw them out entirely. But to do a little work to keep your spirit alive. And maybe all you can do is muster just a little bit of just a little bit of tape to piece it back together. But that's something. Because here in this strange year we're calling 2020, which is a leap year, it's an, we got an extra day of this lovely year, right? Maybe just to, just to piece it back together as one of the tools in our toolkit for surviving this strange year that we call 2020. You may feel like you're in the pit, but keeping your hope alive is the way to keep your wit in the pit. I'm going to trademark that one. <laughs> I close with a song from another Broadway musical, or another musical. I don't know if it's ever hit Broadway. The Greatest Showman. You might know this song. A million dreams. I think of what the world could be. A vision of the one I see. A million dreams is all it's going to take. A million dreams for the one that we're going to make. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.